Hey guys, welcome back to Diving with Rabbits. This is going to be part two of my previously released podcast of the gateway process. Now the first part was done a little bit differently. I took kind of a story-like vibe, added some music. It was really cool. I hope you guys liked it. Now this time I'm going to actually go through the gateway process itself. The same information that you can get from the CIA website. All you have to do is go down to the Freedom for Information Act and you know search the gateway process and it'll pull up um, a PDF. You can access it on your phone, on your computer, your tablet, whatever you want really. And then you'll be able to follow along with me if you like or go look up this information yourself whenever you see fit. But for now, I'm going to start with part one, which is the introduction. And after each part, we'll have a little bit of a discussion. I've got some guests with me tonight, and we're going to have some fun. So, the gateway experience, brain hemisphere synchronization and perspective. Part one is the introduction. In order to describe the Monroe Institute technique for achieving altered states of consciousness, the gateway experience, involving brain hemisphere synchronization, or hemisync, is the most effective way to begin is to briefly profile the basic mechanics which underlay operation of related methods such as hypnosis, transcendental meditation, and biofeedback. It is easiest to effectively describe what gateway is by beginning with a short description of those associated techniques that share some common aspects with the gateway experience but which were nevertheless different. In this way, we can develop a frame or reference at the outset, which will provide useful concepts to explain and understand gateway by comparison as we proceed. So, what do you guys think? That's a whole lot of big-ass words that we're going to have to dissect. Uh, indeed, there are quite a few words in here that you're definitely not going to learn in kindergarten. Yeah, that's very unfortunate, because as you know, I didn't graduate fifth grade. Well, <laughs> 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 bud, I'm really sorry that your life situation is as such. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm going to do my best to try and learn these words here. Alright, so we're just going to go ahead and hop into part two, which is hypnosis. According to the theories of psychologist Ronald Stone and the biomedical engineering models of Ishtak Bentov, hypnosis is basically a technique which permits acquisition of direct access to the sensory motor cortex and pleasure centers and lower cerebral emotional portions and associated pleasure centers of the right side of the human brain following successful disengagement of the stimulus screening function of the left hemisphere of the brain. So basically what that means is it's bypassing the left side of your brain in order to go directly to the right hemisphere of your brain. What is? Hypnosis. The gateway hypnosis process via hypnosis. Okay. The left hemisphere of the brain is the self-cognitive, verbal, and linear reason reasoning component of the mind. It fulfills the function of screening incoming stimuli by categorizing, assessing, and assigning meaning prior to allowing passage to the right hemisphere of the mind. The right hemisphere, which functions as the non-critical, holistic, non-verbal, and pattern-oriented component of the brain, appears to accept what the left hemisphere passes to it without question. Consequently, 
If the left hemisphere can be distracted either through boredom or through reduction to a sopophoric semi-sleep state, external stimuli to include hypnotic suggestions are allowed to pass unchallenged into the right hemisphere where they are accepted and acted upon directly. The result may involve an emotional reaction originating in the lower cerebral region, sensory-slash-motor responses requiring involvement of the cortex, and so on. Both the sensory and the motor cortices of the right cerebral portion of the brain contain a sequence of points known as the homunculus, which corresponds to points in the body. Stimulation of the corresponding area on the cortex causes intermediate response in the associated portion of the body. Consequently, induction of the suggestion that the left leg is numb if it reaches the right hemisphere unchallenged and is referred to the appropriate area of the sensory cortex will result in an electrical reaction being generated that will induce the feeling of numbness. Similarly, the suggestion that the person is experiencing a general feeling of happiness and well-being would be referred to the appropriate pleasure centers located in the lower cerebral portion or in the cortex of the right hemisphere, thereby inducing the suggested feeling of euphoria. Finally, suggestions such as the one that informs the hypnotic subject that he enjoys enhanced concentration or powers of memory would be responded to in the right hemisphere by accessing unused information storage capacity normally held in reserve as a result of of left hemisphere selection and control processes this aspect will give sorry this aspect will become significant in the context of the gateway process when attention is given to examining the way that hypnosis may be used to accelerate progress in the early stages of the gateway experience. So what they're saying is is that that's some creepy shit, low-key. Like they're saying that they can literally, if you're in a state of agitation or whatever, like sick, or if you're if you if you have anxiety, you can just kind of fucking hypnotize people to do whatever they want. It'll just go right through here. Yeah, exactly. As long as you hypnotize somebody using, you know, this method. This method, you mm-hmm. know, you completely bypass the left hemisphere of the brain, access yeah. only the right hemisphere. See, the right hemisphere takes whatever the left says as absolute fact. Yeah, so that's fucking crazy. Exactly. It's like something you would see a magician do on stage or, yes, in a video game, you know, some some form of hypnosis. And you could really kind of just tell anybody anything in this state at all, and they would just accept it as absolute fact. And I think that's really cool, and that kind of shows a lot about how the gateway process is going to proceed. Uh, coming in... That's that kind of a, that's a lot to take in immediately. <laughs> yeah, like... like oh, that seems like it would be the whole kitten caboodle. Right no, there. for sure. Like, it's going to get deeper than that? What the... F- okay. Yeah, yeah just, this is only the very <laughs> first step is hypnosis. Just bypassing our brain. Just knowing that is just... Like, it's like, okay, when you hear about hypnosis... You think about it. You're like, okay, yeah, they're going to make me say some weird stuff, do some weird stuff, but it's literally, no, you are believing that 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once you really... Because un- I know that regular hypnosis, whenever they do it, like, <clears throat> you can't do anything that you don't want to do. Like, your brain won't let you uh, do an act of violence or something that you 
subconsciously right, don't want to do. That is just something that you see on TV because they don't really want you to know how scary, I guess, the hypnosis could really be. Yes. Because essentially when you hypnotize somebody, anything you say or tell them to do, they are going to accept as 100% fact. If you tell them only they're the happiest way. person in the world, they're going to be the happiest person in the world. If you tell them they're so depressed, they they don't know what they might do, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to feel like that. But, you know, this is actually just the very first step to the gateway process. I mean, after this, it goes so much deeper and there's so many more things to take into consideration to actually achieve what they call the gateway process. Mm. Um, the next step being transcendental meditation. Okay. On the other hand, transcendental meditation works on the cortex on the right side of the brain. As a result, according to Bentov, these waves will stimulate and eventually polarize the cortex in such a way that it will tend to conduct a signal along the homunculus, starting from the toes and on up. The Bentov biomedical model, as described in a book by Lee Sinella, MD, entitled Kundalini Psychosis or Transcendence, states that the standing acoustical waves are the result of the altered rhythm of heart sounds, which are occasionally pro which are occasioned by prolonged practice of meditation and which set up sympathetic vibrations in the walls of the fluid-filled cavities which comprise the third and lateral ventricles of the brain. Mm. In addition, according to Bentov, the states of bliss described by those whose kundalini symptoms have completed the full loop along the hemispheres may be explained as a self-stimulation of the pleasure centers in the brain caused by the circulation of a current along the sensory cortex. Bentov also notes that most of the described symptoms start on the left side of the body means that it is mostly a development occurring in the right hemisphere. Although normally a period of meditation involving intense concentration and practice for five years or some is required to bring up the kundalini. Bentov states that exposure to mechanical or acoustical vibrations in the range of four to seven hertz or cycles per second for protracted periods may achieve the same effect. Bentov cites as an example, repeated riding in a car whose suspension and seat combination produced that range of vibrations, or being exposed for long periods of time to these frequencies caused, for instance, by an air conditioning duct. He also notes that the cumulative effect of these vibrations may be able to trigger a spontaneous physio-kundalini sequence in susceptible people who have a particularly sensitive nervous system. Mm. That's fucking insane, dude. That's deep. They're talking about talking about ascending through vibrations. Yeah, literally. But, you know, vibrations are really strong. You can kill somebody and it's like said that. that the more that you, the more that you do this type of meditation, the more it puts empathy or sympathy, sympathy in your heart valves what the fuck but do you understand what this means so they're using hypnosis as a way to access the right hemisphere of the brain and they figured out the right hemisphere of the brain is what controls 
basically the Kundalini experience, the experience of transcendental meditation. Kundalini and yeah, through using the sounds and the hertz, they are able to directly really give somebody access to that transcendental without feeling. Without having to meditate for the five years that it would normally take someone that isn't susceptible to those vibrations. And to mm-hmm. answer your question, I get what, what is Kundalini? I get what Kundalini is a loop that goes through the inside of your body. It follows your chakras. You build up all of your chakras until they've reached a complete and full state. And when that happens, you experience a sense of euphoria and uprising, an amazing feeling. And people uh, attribute that as sort of a transcendental enlightenment. It's something that the Buddhists have done, the monks... Um, the Indians, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, whenever you meditate, this is generally the ultimate goal in meditation is to have this Kundalini experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll be meditating a lot and I, have you been to Kundalini yet? I have done some very crazy imagery. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like some insane, like imagery level stuff. Like. I'm not going to get into it, but I will say that, it, like, an example with this, mm-hmm. there was a time to where I met this person that did some, like, kundalini magic on me, and for three days, I was in the closet, just really going at my subconscious, and my body started doing this, like, this weird, it, it's going to sound sexual, but it wasn't sexual, it was like, if you could have the most in orgasm of your life but you could put it at the base of your spine and it radiated through your whole body that's how it felt but not sexual it felt like I was like whatever happened to me was trying to rise me up out of it you know and did it start from the left side of your body did you get this feeling from the left side of your body because typically with the Kundalini experience it will start on the left side of your body also going from the toes up When, whenever those things happen to me, they do, like, I, I get that, like, a cat arching his back on the left side, right? It starts, like, right here and just travels throughout, so, yeah. Well. You just get that feeling in the left side of your brain. Mm-hmm. Now, the fourth section of this has to do with biofeedback. And this is the third conscious altering methodology, which will be briefly described as biofeedback. Biofeedback is somewhat unique in that it actually employs the self-cognitive powers of the left hemisphere to gain access to such areas of the right brain as the lower cerebral, motor, and sensory cortices and the assorted pain or pleasure centers. Instead of suppressing the left hemisphere as is done in hypnosis, or largely bypassing and ignoring it as done in transcendental meditation, biofeedback teaches the left hemisphere first to visualize the desired result and then to recognize the feelings associated with the experience of successful right hemisphere access to the specific lower cerebral cortex, pain or pleasure, or other areas in the manner needed to produce the described result. Special self-monitoring devices, such as the digital thermometer, are used to inform the left brain when it succeeds in keying the right hemisphere and accessing the appropriate area. Once this is done, the left brain can repeatedly instruct the right brain to re-establish the pathways involved so as to produce the same external objective measures of success. In this way, the pathways are strengthened and empathized 
to such an extent that left brain consciousness is enabled to access appropriate areas in the right brain using a consciousness demand mode. For example, if the subject wishes to increase the circulation in the left leg in order to speed up healing, you may concentrate with his left brain on achieving that result while carefully monitoring a digital thermometer connected to the left leg. When the concentrated effort begins to achieve success, the digital thermometer will register an increase in the temperature of the left leg. Mm. At that point, the subject can mentally, with the left brain, associate the sensations experienced with the results achieved and begin to emphasize by memory recall the same process to cause its strengthening by affirmation and repetition. In this way, pain can be blocked. Healing can, uh, well, sorry guys, it's kind of cut off a little bit from the... CIA's website, when I printed it, the words are a little bit hard to read. Um, people who have no experience in meditative techniques and whose progress is that methodology is enhanced through effective visualization and external objective affirmation. Display of the subject's brainwave pattern on a cathode ray tube has proven to be a laboratory validated means by which subjects may quickly learn to place themselves in profoundly relaxed states characterized by the sort of quietude and singularity of mental focus associated with advanced meditation. That is insane. This whole biofeedback thing, I swear to whatever religion is going on right now that I do that daily. That little chill thing, the imagery I get in my head, when I feel that, I feel cold. I, it chills me out and literally pushes everything out of me. But I have not done an awesome stuff like that. When I try this, I see I see those images, and I feel that feeling, but it shakes, and it'll break away. Yeah, so basically what you're doing is you're teaching the right hemisphere, or your left hemisphere of your brain, how to interact with your right hemisphere uh, proactively, so that you can set up um, a connection, basically a reflex to where when you want a certain function to happen, it happens. It will happen. Like a fucking computer. Yeah, like you just have complete control of over the, of the computer. Or whoever just has complete control over whoever they're hypnotizing. Well, this, yeah, except it's but you the, yourself that have yeah, the this, control and this, you're not being hypnotized. Yes, you're is, learning to oh, yeah. directly consult okay, so with this, your okay. body. The right hemisphere. Well, that's cool because you can directly control what you want. You know, you could, uh, like, you grow a limb if you wanted. On some lizard people right. shit. <laughs> I don't necessarily know that you can regrow a limb, but I think that would definitely be awesome. So the whole thing about the stopping pain, like there's no pain receptors in the brain. That's where, where does it come from? To stop it, we can fucking heal ourselves. Like, why is this not big ass public knowledge, man? Why is it not like, hey, this why? is public knowledge. You can this easily access this from the can, CIA no, I website. I get that, but why are they not advertising? Why is our government not advertising? Hey, biofeedback. Try today. I don't know why they're not advertising. Why That's they? exactly why I'm doing this podcast okay, so more okay. people can find out about this. Okay. Yeah. Because these are we things people should know about. We need to bring awareness. Okay. Because this is some real shit right here. It is. So with that, we'll head into part five of the gateway process. This is gateway and hemisync. Now that we have briefly profiled the basic mechanics of the principal techniques for altering or expanding consciousness, which share some of the objectives and or methods employed in the gateway experience, 
we may proceed to focus on what that technique actually involves. Fundamentally, the gateway experience is a training system designed to bring enhanced strength, focus, and coherence to the amplitude and frequency of brainwave output between the left and right hemispheres so as to alter consciousness, moving it outside the physical sphere so as to ultimately escape even the restrictions of time and space. The participant then gains access to the various levels of intuitive knowledge which the universe offers. What differentiates the gateway experience from forms of meditation is its use of the hemisync technique, which is defined in a monograph by Monroe Institute trainer Melissa Yeager as a state of consciousness defined when the EEG patterns of both hemispheres are simultaneously equal in amplitude and frequency. Although a hemisync seems to be rather rare and of only short duration in ordinary human consciousness, Melissa Yeager states that Audio techniques developed by Bob Monroe can induce and sustain hemisync with the Institute's basic Focus 3 tapes. She also notes that studies connect conduced by Elmer and Alice Green at the Menninger Foundation have shown that a subject with 20 years of training in Zen meditation could consistently establish hemisync at will, sustaining it for over 15 minutes. Dr. Stuart Twemlow, a psychiatrist and a research associate of the Monroe Institute, reports that, In our studies of the effect of the Monroe tape system on brain waves, we have found that the tapes encourage the focusing of brain energy. It can be measured as with a light bulb and watts into a narrower and narrower frequency band. This focusing of energy is not unlike the yoga concept of one-pointedness, which we may translate in Western terms as a single-mindedness. Dr. Twemlow goes on to observe that as the individual gets into the tapes beyond focus 3, there is a gradual increase in brainwave size, which is a measure of brain energy or power. So basically, upon unifying the left and right hemispheres of your mind, you can achieve a greater brain energy, power, a greater consciousness... Even, Even to the point where you can possibly go out of the bounds of time and space as we know it. Okay, you've seen me lose, you've seen my soul dip out of my body, alright? Yes. Okay, right? Like, I, I, there was a trip, I did a shitload of acid, and I I left, I saw I things. I think maybe the same effect could be activated through a shitload of acid. No, that's what I'm saying. What what happened to me was was different. My mind went, went, it's like it went up, but I wasn't allowed to fully see it because, again, my brain wasn't fully unified. It might have been connected a tad bit, but it wasn't by myself. That was an outside substance. And I've already felt that collectivity, the, the, the one point. The higherness. Yes, I, I felt that on a drug, but... It's just amazing that we can do that by so ourselves. So even with 20 years of training in Zen meditation, people are generally only able to keep this state of mind, this one-mindedness up for around 15 minutes. And that's with 20 years, years. of Zen meditation. Mm. But with the gateway process, you can do by listening little. to certain sounds and a little bit of training, you can be able to access this state at will, just like somebody who's done Zen meditation for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, low-key, all we would have to do, high-key, to do this would be to literally start doing this, find the tapes. The do tapes it. are out there. You can buy them. 
shit son <laughs> i don't exactly know where to buy them yeah i don't think i'll be trying the gateway process myself but i do know for a fact that they are out there they're for sale i will definitely try buy one yes i will buy one. the gateway process focus tapes try one man and this is only step five or technically step four of the gateway process since number one was actually just the introduction and with that, this brings us to part number six, lamp versus laser. Mm-hmm. Melissa Yeager uses a metaphor to help clarify the process involved in the use of hemisync in the gateway experience. She points out that the human mind in its natural state may be likened to an ordinary lamp, which, or sorry, lamp, which expends energy in the form of both heat and light, but in a chaotic, incoherent way which diffuses its energy over a wide area of rather limited depth. On the other hand, the human mind, under the discipline of hemisync, acts after the fashion of a laser beam which produces a disciplined stream of light. The stream of energy is projected with total coherence of both frequency and amplitudes, such that the surface area of a laser beam contains billions of times the concentrated energy found in a similar surface area on the sun. Gateway assumes that once the frequency and amplitude of the human brain are rendered coherent, it is possible to begin accelerating both so that the human mind is soon resonating at even higher vibrational levels. The mind can then bring itself into synchronization with more sophisticated and rarefied energy levels in the universe. The mind, when operating at these increasingly rarefied levels, is assumed to be capable of processing something 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 unfortunately all the good information is cut off uh, same fundamental matrix by which it makes of scenarios involving both both visual and oral perception the mechanics by which the mind exercises the consciousness function will be addressed in more detail later in this paper well the whole laser on the sun and the fact that uh the human mind can vibrate with higher energies than that like that is literally i don't know how gas vibrates i don't know how we can compare our mind to an actual you can just do anything with this process here no i'm just saying to an actual substance but the fact that everything does give off vibrations gas does Mm -hmm. give off vibrations you can see it on the road when you drive like the heat we could just Mm -hmm. can we just melt our brain so it's saying i don't know maybe no i hope not it's like saying that that's what makes us so special, and we don't even know it. We can meld into the fucking universe. Yeah, all you have to do is achieve the state of oneness and then begin to focus the energies of your mind. And once you're able to kind of control those energies a bit, you can start matching them with higher frequencies or different frequencies to achieve uh, different things with your with your mind power. Well, mind power. how would you... What percentage is our brain going to be running at when we? I, I want to know how. I we, feel like hundred percent. I have no idea. I assume it's got to be more than it's being used at right now. I want to say maybe that. it's going to be all linked up. You go Super Saiyan. Yeah. Super Saiyan. <laughs> brain power is over <laughs> nine thousand. Like that ass. I bought a Super Saiyan shirt today. A Goku one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right, with Goku's blessing, we're going to be moving into section number eight, the role of resonance. Mm. However, brain coherence through entertainment to beat frequencies introduced via stereo headphones is only part of the reason why the gateway system works. 
that is also designed to achieve the physical quietude characteristic of deep transcendental meditative states, which bring about a complete alteration of the fundamental resonance patterns associated with the sound frequencies produced by the human body. Yoga, Zen, or transcendental meditation, if practiced long enough, will produce a change in the sound frequency with which the human heart resonates throughout the entire body. According to Bentov, this change in resonance results from elimination of what the medical professionals call the bifurcation echo, so that the sound of the heartbeat can move synchronously up and down the circulatory system in harmonious resonance, resonance approximately seven times a second. Bentov describes the role played by the bifurcation echo as follows. When the left ventricle of the heart ejects blood, the aorta, being elastic, balloons out just beyond the valve and causes a pressure pulse to travel down along the body. Uh, certain points will eventually collide somewhere along the aorta and produce an interference pattern. By placing the body in a sleep-like state, the gateway tapes achieve the same goal as meditation in that it places the body in such a profoundly relaxed state that the bifurcation echo slowly fades away as the heart lessens the force and frequency with which it pushes blood into the aorta. The result is the regular rhythmic sine wave pattern of sound, which echoes throughout the body and rises up into the head in sustained resonance. The amplitude of the sine wave pattern, when measured with a sensitive seismograph-type instrument, is about three times the average of the sound volume produced by the heart when it is operating normally. So this saying you can just move your heartbeat wherever you want? It's using the tapes to get your body used to being put in that that all, that really comfortable, almost deep sleep-like state mm-hmm. so that eventually you can be able to control your heartbeat itself mm-hmm. to put yourself in, in that, that state. state. That with the state of oneness, and we're getting one step closer to the gateway process. To uncovering the truth. Indeed. We're diving in. Diving seven in. We're going rabbits. straight in. Like seven, little rabbits. Seven heartbeats a second is the magic number. Seven hertz seven. is the magic number. Oh, okay. Seven, seven times. Seven in general is the magic number. Seven is God. So come How many in. times should you forgive someone? Every time. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Coming in with number nine, we have brain stimulation. In Bentov's biomedical model, it shows that this resonance is of considerable importance since it is directly transmitted to and impacts upon the brain. The resulting vibration is received and transmuted into the brain itself via the fluid-filled third and left ventricles located above the brainstem. An electromagnetic pulse is then generated, which stimulates the brain to release the amplitude and frequency of brainwave output, just as Dr. Twemlow observed in his research on the effects of the hemisync tapes. Also, the brain is contained in a tight membrane called the dura, which is, in turn, cushioned by a thin layer of fluid located between it and the skull. As the coherent resonance produced by the human heart in a state of profound relaxation reaches the fluid layer surrounding the brain, 
It sets up a rhythmic pattern in which the brain moves up and down approximately 0.005 to 0.010 millimeters in a continuous pattern. The self-reinforcing character of resonant behavior accounts for the body's ability to sustain this movement despite the minimal level of energy involved. In this way, the entire body, based on its own micro-motion, functions as a tuned vibrational system which transfers energy in a range of between 6.8 and 7.5 hertz into the Earth's iconosphere cavity, which itself resonates at about 7 to 7.5 hertz. Of this process, Bentoff states, this is occurring at a very long wavelength of about 40,000 kilometers, or just about the perimeter of the planet. In other words, the signal from the movement of our bodies will travel around the world in about one-seventh of a second through the electrostatic field in which we are embedded. Such a long wavelength knows no obstacles, and its strength does not attenuate much over large distances. Naturally, it will go through just about anything, metal, concrete, water, and the fields making up our bodies. It is the ideal medium for conveying a telepathic signal. Consequently, the gateway process is designed to rather rapidly induce a state of profound calm within the nervous system and to significantly lower blood pressure to cause a circulatory system, skeleton, and all other physical organ systems to begin vibrating coherently at approximately 7 to 7.5 seven cycles per second. The resulting resonance sets up a re regular repetitive sound wave which propagates in consonance with the electrostatic field of the earth. So you're stimulating your brain to achieve a resonance with the earth. And with that, your brain waves or the energy that you send out is able to travel anywhere, any distance. You can send messages and whatnot. Exactly. This, you can be a telepath. That's what's cool. This is all science. This is magic and it's, and it's real. And it wouldn't be magical because now it's science and explained. Yeah, it used to be, you know, some kind of mythological thing, like the whole transcendental meditation. Like, that was just something for the monks. Nobody really knew if it actually it existed, if it actually worked, because it couldn't be proven until June 3rd, 1983. And now you got the CIA over here just like, hey, it's working. So, th so... That is such that okay. We don't we don't even need cell phones. We are such a race of talent, but we just yeah. Throw why it away. are we limiting ourselves? Literally, why are we limiting ourselves? If this is our future, yeah. I think we if, if we're gonna do that good, like if yeah. we're gonna be that good at everything, you know, we should just become our true forms. What no? Okay, what this shows me to to humanity is that we're not happy with ourselves, we need other things to come in and fill a void it's like we got kicked out of, we got kicked down to the bottom vibration of the universe and we gotta fall back in line get that oneness back mm. you know maybe earth was just a really powerful planet and then it got sent whacked. back in time got whacked 
and that's why all the pyramids are here. I personally think humans are way more powerful than we give ourselves credit for, especially with the mind. Because exactly. your, your DNA, your DNA is twisted up like a snake. It has memories in it. Your instincts came from your ancestors. There's actually language encoded in our very DNA itself. Where the fuck does that come from? It, I would think that it would have to be from the creator. one creator. Exactly. From a creator. I saw that on Ancient Aliens, the, that we have a literal language in our DNA. And why are we not trying to read it? <laughs> I don't know. Why? Wh why have we been trying to explore space when we haven't even explored the depths of our own oceans? Because there's something there that we don't want to find. That is the human because right Because ocean is scary, guys. Because ourself is scary, bro. Like, we're... It, like, as above, so below. Nah, dude, I'd wait. Look, they're basically the exact same thing. But space. the ocean's just scary. And space is cool. Space. With stars and new planets and whatnot. For sure. And it's been hyped up so much. It's like the ocean is our subconscious and space is our... Yeah, I'm really passionate about this subject here. Conscience. All right. Well, coming back on track, we have step number nine, part number 10, which is energy entrainment. And I apologize again because a little bit of this is cut off because this is the end of the page. I don't like that. If you go to the website itself, you might be able to read it a little bit better. But here it goes. As the body is turned into a coherent oscillator vibrating in harmony with the surrounding electrostatic medium, the specific exercises included in the gateway tapes enjoin the participant to build up the energy field surrounding his body, presumably by using energy from the Earth's field, which the body is now in training because of its ability to resonate with it. Mm. At steadily higher levels of frequency and amplitude so as to entrain analogous frequencies in the universe for data collection also promotes an enhancement of bodily energy levels to a point adequate to permit the subject to experience an out-of-body movement when he is ready to do so. Mm. More will be said about this topic later. In addition, by resonating with the Earth's electromagnetic sphere, the human body creates a surprisingly powerful carrier wave to assist the mind in communication activity with other human minds similarly tuned whoa so it's like once we reach that state it's like hey help this person reach that state no it, no we it's can saying access that other once you've minds, trained your energy like this you can sync up to the head i can, can sync, sync up. up to somebody else's mind that has also trained their mind and their energies to this certain level okay we already essentially you could telepathically communicate with somebody if Which, two people are on the same level. We all constantly do that with each other. Body language, the vibe in the air, the way that you say things, we're, all, we're constantly diagnosing each other and seeing how it is. Right, because the brain moves your body and your thoughts. Everything is done through electrical stimulation in different parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. And so if you're creating a static energy field you know, that's acting the same way as your brain. It's the same energy being involved, you yes. know, and that comes into contact with somebody else's very strong field, then it's no longer as simple as looking at somebody's movements in order to, you know, read their body language. It's and literally just syncing You up. could literally sync up, literally know exactly what they're thinking, what they're feeling, 
everything. You've done psychedelics, so you, of course, know that that is part of this is real. Right. You, you have felt psychedelics is just a very uncontrolled, unscientific way of possibly achieving Being, some of these steps. Yes, and it's insane. Man, the brain is like a muscle. You gotta work it out. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So this brings us to part 11, which is consciousness and energy. Before our explanation can proceed any further, it is essential to define the mechanism by which the human mind exercises the function known as consciousness and to describe the way in which that consciousness operates to to deduce meaning from the stimuli which it receives. To do this, we will first consider the fundamental character of the material world in which we have our physical existence in order to accurately perceive the raw stuff with which our consciousness must work. The first point which needs to be made is that the two terms, matter and energy, tend to be misleading if taken to indicate two distinctly different states of existence in the physical world that we know it. Indeed, if the term matter is taken to mean solid substance as opposed to energy, which is understood to mean a force of some sort, then the use of the former is entirely misleading. Science now knows that both the electrons which spin in the energy field located around the nucleus of the atom and the nucleus itself are made up of nothing more than oscillating energy grids. Solid matter, in the strict construction of the term, is simply does not exist. Rather, atomic structure is composed of oscillating energy grids surrounded by other oscillating energy grids which orbit at extraordinarily high speeds. In this book, Stalking the Wild Pendulum, Ishtag Bentov gives the following figures. The energy grid which composes the nucleus of the atom vibrates at approximately 10 to the 22nd power hertz, which means 10 followed by 22 zeros. At 70 degrees Fahrenheit, an atom oscillates at the rate of 10 to the 15th power hertz. An entire molecule composed of a number of atoms bound together in a single energy field vibrates in the range of 10 to the 9th power hertz. A live human cell vibrates at approximately 10 to the 3rd power hertz. The point to be made is that the entire human being, brain, consciousness, and all is, like the universe which surrounds him, nothing more or less than an extraordinarily complex system of energy fields. The so-called states of matter are actual variances, actually variances in the state of energy, and human consciousness is a function of the interaction of energy in two opposite states, motion versus rest, in a manner described in the following paragraph, which we won't get into just yet because we're going to talk about consciousness and energy. Holy fuck, that is we're terrifying. All just one th- How's that bad? We're all just one thing. Because we're all just energy. It's not terrifying, but it kind of is because looking at the universe in a mass fucking scale, it's saying, oh, what we're doing right now, we are the universe talking about itself. Mm-hmm. Does, does that not scary to you? Like that we're, no. it's scary to me that it feels like we have to. Yeah, what that's that. saying we is implying to... like that everything is just one thing. Okay. Well, at least matter is we know it is just one thing. Yeah, and it also said that real matter, it's solid matter, doesn't even exist. It's just the yeah. neutrons and the particles everything just vibrating, is moving yeah. so fast that it becomes something. All something that has a solid form almost. So it's like. 
this, this shit, this stuff, all of this. Yeah, like this lighter right here. Is literally, it's just vibrating it's just, at a frequency that allows it to be a lighter. Exactly. Like a video game. Yeah, we're just video games. We're just NPCs. It's, I don't know. It's, it wasn't more as terrifying as more in the fact that it was so amazing. It's just, if, because if we, if we are the universe, right? Like, what the fuck? I can't stop. That was distracting the shit out of me. I keep playing too much. All right. So, now we'll get to the following paragraph it talked about, which has to do with holograms. Yes. Love holograms. That's good. So, energy creates, stores, and retrieves meaning in the universe by projecting or expanding at certain frequencies in a three-dimensional mode that creates a living pattern called a hologram. The concept of the hologram can be most easily understood by using an example cited by Ventov in which he asks the reader to visualize a bowl full of water into which three pebbles are dropped. The ripples created by the simultaneous entry of the three pebbles radiate outward towards the rim of the bowl. Bentov further asks the reader to visualize that the surface of the water is suddenly flash frozen so that the ripple pattern is preserved instantly. This ice is removed, leaving the three pebbles still laying at the bottom of the bowl. Then the ice is exposed to a powerful, coherent source of light, such as the laser. The result will be a three-dimensional model or a representation of the position of the three pebbles suspended in midair. Holograms are capable of encoding so much detail that, for example, it is possible to take a holographic projection of a glass of swamp water and view it under magnification. Laboratory demonstration of Gower's work only occurred years later following invention of the laser, as biologist Lyle Watson explains. The purest kind of light available to us is that produced by a laser, which sends out a beam in which all the waves are of one frequency, like those made by an ideal pebble in a perfect pond. When two laser beams touch, they produce an interference pattern of light and dark ripples that can be recorded on a photographic plate. And if one of the beams, instead of coming directly from the laser, is reflected first off an object such as a human face, the resulting pattern will be very complex indeed, but it can still be recorded. The record will be a hologram of the face. Mm. That's scary. All these holograms, they can make anything a hologram. Could they capture you? Like... You know, I'm like, could they capture your essence, Monica? Like, I don't know about capturing your essence, but it would. I mean, this is like the stuff you see in the movies. You yeah, know? you like, see a hologram come up of somebody, and they they're talking swamp. to you from somewhere far away. They said swamp, and water. Like, they the can, whole thing, their mind would be able to like put that image right there in front of them. Yes, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's like you could get the swamp water and it's a you just hologram have any of swamp image water. Right there in it's front like of you. it's like you're taking a zoomed in video, like the example used of the swamp water. Like you're taking a zoomed in video, except instead of seeing a flat image on a screen, you're seeing an actual three D model of what's going on. Yeah, which is absolutely three D, not two D. I didn't say two D. Okay. That's fucking crazy. So it's like pictures are finna be holograms. You can just jump in and shit. Mm-hmm. 
Part 13, the part encodes the whole. Of further importance is the fact that even if we dropped our frozen hologram of the ripple pattern on the floor and broke it into a number of pieces, each individual piece would recreate the entire holographic image all by itself. The smaller the piece, the fuzzier and more distorted would be the resulting holographic projection, but the fact remains that a whole projection would nonetheless be made. The key to creating any hologram is that energy and motion must interact with energy in a state of rest or non-motion. In the foregoing example, the pebbles represent energy in motion, while the water, before its agitation by the pebbles, represents energy at a state of rest. To activate, or in effect, to perceive the meaning of a holograph, energy, in this case a coherent light source such as a laser beam, must be passed through the interference pattern generated by interaction between the moving energy and the energy at rest. In the simple example given by Bentov, this requirement was fulfilled by holding the frozen interference pattern in front of the coherent light to project the three-dimensional holographic image or its meaning into space. As Marilyn Ferguson, editor of the Brain Slash Mind Bulletin, tells us, Another feature of a hologram is its efficiency. Billions of bits of information can be stored in a tiny space. The pattern of the holographic photograph is stored everywhere on the plate. So that's just saying that your mind can store whatever it wants onto it? Yes. It's like a computer. No, computers are like us. We made them Pretty in our much. image. Well, a computer, like, <laughs> you think of a motherboard or a chipset, you know, it's mm -hmm. modeled after the human brain. That's literally what it is. It's the brain of the computer. Mm -hmm. That's insane. We had to make something like our we mod that yeah yeah we modeled computers after ourselves and we used them every yeah day. we just have to learn how to upgrade our own brain to further Humans, enhance everything okay yeah not a not all of it okay yeah i'm just gonna say this i'm gonna take i'm gonna just take this one for for the all the aliens out there that are probably looking at us we are dumb as fuck as a race oh yeah we are dumb it's not necessarily <laughs> it's, we're dumb. Dumb. it's just that we aren't to learn we, we are. We're ignorant. We're ignorant. We're ignorant. Yes. We're ignorant. Okay, I'll take it back. We're not. Yeah. Dumb. We are ignorant. But how would we have know amazing that, potential. Why? Because of the why fact? is because we're reading something like this about things that took place in 1983. That is so earlier. That was deemed false for so many years. Mm -hmm. And voodoo voodoo and the CIA, the people that fucking stop terrorists. We're looking into some spiritual shit. Now, if it wasn't out there, and if it wasn't more to it, why would they be doing that, you know? How do you know the aliens even know that where we are? I don't know. It was an example. Don't take exactly. it so literally. So, okay. I'm just saying, if they do see us, they're probably looking at us like, damn, you guys just don't get it yet, do you? Mm -hmm. It's not cars and electronics. It's all right fucking there in your brain. Well, guys, we've been going at this podcast for quite a while tonight. And I think this is probably going to be a good place to stop for now. We're about a third of the way through the entire gateway process. We've still got quite a lot to go, and I think it'd be a little too much to do in just one sitting. So I hope you guys continue to follow the podcast. I hope you like what you're hearing. I hope you like our guests and our conversation. And, you know, I hope you look forward to the next podcast, and I really hope you enjoyed this one. So this is Diving with Rabbits, signing off.